Hi friends, welcome to Wednesday of Holy Week. I'm sorry, the past couple of nights we've had some difficulty getting these services out on time uh, due to internet bandwidth problems, but hopefully uh, we'll not suffer that fate tonight. We'll see, we'll see. One of the things that I've enjoyed over the internet the past uh, couple of weeks have been listening to these well-known songs that have been re-recorded uh, to make very serious points about the, uh, the, the, the COVID pandemic. I enjoyed greatly listening to Matt Lucas reworking his Thank You Mr Baked Potato song and I think my favourite so far, uh, if you can have a favourite of these very serious points the songs are making, my favourite so far has to be the reworking of uh, the Do A Deer song from The Sound of Music. I've put a couple of links uh, down below on this this post if you want to uh, have a, a, a re-listen to these songs if you've not already heard them. Tonight is, uh, today is Wednesday and uh, we are halfway through almost uh, this, this holy week. So let's, uh, let's join our hearts in prayer and then we'll read God's word together. Let's pray. Most merciful God, your Son, our Saviour Jesus, was betrayed and whipped, his face spat upon. Grant us grace to endure the sufferings of this present time, confident of the glory that shall yet be revealed through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I was sharing uh, different Bibles with you this week. Uh, the Bible that I've chosen to read from tonight is this Bible. The, it's the Youth Bible, but actually it's a New Century version. And this Bible was given to me, presented by the Presbytery of Falkirk on the occasion of my being licensed to preach the Gospel on the 9th of August 1994. And there we have the signatures. Uh, Albert Bogle, who was a moderator, Derek Gunn, who was a student convener at the time, and Duncan McClements, who was a clerk of the presbytery. Suitably inscribed Bible. It doesn't make it any more valuable, of course, with these signatures on it, but it's a memory for me. And uh, so I've based my readings from the New Century Version this evening. Let's listen for the Word of God. Firstly, from uh, the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 50, and beginning at verse... Four, and this is a passage about the servant of God. The Lord God gave me the ability to teach so that I know what to say to make the weak strong. Every morning he wakes me. He teaches me to listen like a student. The Lord God helps me to learn and I have not turned against him nor stopped following him. I offered my back to those who beat me. I offered my cheeks to those who pulled my beard. I won't hide my face from them when they make fun of me and spit at me. The Lord God helps me, so I will not be ashamed. I will be determined, and I know I will not be disgraced. He shows that I am innocent, and he is close to me, so who can accuse me? If there is someone, let us go to court together. If someone wants to prove I have done wrong, he should come and tell me. Look, it is the Lord God who helps me, so who can prove me guilty? Look, all those who try will become useless like old clothes, and moths 
Ruitan. little reflection based on some words from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 12. Do not grow weary or lose heart. Do not grow weary or lose heart. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Do not grow weary or lose heart. Let us run the race that is set before us. Do not grow weary or lose heart. Let us look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Do not grow weary or lose heart. Let us look to Jesus, who reigns in power. Do not grow weary or lose heart. If you're following the uh, daily devotions on the little sheet we put out at the start of Holy Week, uh, you'll have come to the Gospel uh, reading from John chapter 13. And we're reading that again just now. John 13, the first 17 verses. It was almost time for the Passover feast. And Jesus knew that it was time for him to leave this world and go back to the Father. He had always loved those who were his own in the world and he loved them all the way to the end. Jesus and his followers were at the evening meal. The devil had already persuaded Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to turn against Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had given him power over everything and that he had come from God and was going back to God. So during the meal, Jesus stood up and took off his outer clothing. Taking a towel, he wrapped it around his waist Then he poured water into a bowl and began to wash the followers' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but you will understand later. Peter said, no, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I don't wash your feet, You're not one of my people. Simon Peter answered, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but wash my hands and my head too. Jesus said, after a person's had a bath, his whole body is clean. He needs only to wash his feet. And you men are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would turn against him, and that is why he said, Not all of you are clean. When Jesus had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and sat down again. He asked, do you understand what I've just done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and that is right, because that is what I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I did this as an example so that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, a servant is not greater than his master, a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The beautiful, the terrible thing about Holy Week is that 
it doesn't allow us to pretend. This story from John's Gospel is a story filled with moments of raw and unrelenting humanity. The disciples and Jesus were gathered together to share the Passover meal, just like the family they had become. And before the meal, Jesus, who knew what he was about to face and what was about to face them all, uh, got up from the table, took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. And then he poured water into a bowl and he began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel wrapped around his waist. That's what the Gospel tells us. Perhaps this story means more to us this year because of all the washing that we are doing. I've often wondered why at this time are we told just to wash our hands? Why don't we have several showers a day and wash the whole of our body? Well, of course, it is important to to have that shower, to have that bath, to wash regularly, but mainly we're to wash our hands. Because it's our hands that touch things and get dirty. And in this current context, perhaps they come in contact with a lingering virus, and then we risk touching ourselves and getting into our body, or touching something or someone else and passing it on. When people were invited to dinner in Jesus' day, they always had to walk there along dirty, dusty roads and their feet became caked with dirt. If you've ever been someplace hot and worn sandals, you'll you'll know that experience. And it was customary to be greeted at the door with a towel and a basin, some water to, to have their feet washed, to wash their cells clean before the meal. Of course, it was not usually the host of the meal who washed the guest's feet. It was usually an unnamed servant. And so you can see this situation as a shocking situation that Jesus sets up here. It's not unlike the the, the story we heard on Monday about the foot washing incident with the, the expensive perfume, the drying with the hair. It's a shocking situation. And it's not just the act of washing the disciples' feet, because you'll notice that Jesus physically takes the role of the servant. He takes off his outer clothing. He ties a towel around himself, as if to say to the disciples, friends, I'm getting very real here. I'm putting all of who I am into this act of service. I'm doing it to show you how I am asking you to live the rest of your lives. Of course, Jesus will live out in real and terrible horror the level of his commitment to put his life on the line. But here in the upper room with the disciples, before any of that other stuff happens, he does it with a towel and a bowl and it freaks everybody out. Why? Well, it's because Jesus was being real. He was being vulnerable. He got down on his knees and he served his friends in a way that put him not at the top of the pile, but at the very bottom. Not the shiniest, most perfect, but raw, genuine humanity. 
And some of the disciples protested. It made them very uncomfortable and Jesus knew exactly why. When Peter spoke up, Jesus answered, Peter, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. I think what he was saying to Peter and to the disciples and to us today is, give up your lives to serve the least among you. That's the essence of the gospel. That's the one picture Jesus wants to leave with his followers before they head off into a dark night and even darker next few days. As I was reflecting earlier on this reading from John 13, the verse that grabbed me was verse 17, where Jesus says to his disciples, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. That sounds like I have to make a choice. It sounds like a whole lot of choice to me. And you see, we're spending this whole week watching Jesus live into the raw, real humanity of the human experience. He's dragging his disciples along with him. They're kicking, they're screaming. It was like Jesus was saying to them, let's get real here for once. Let's be honest about the dirt and the pain and the failure and the frailty of our humanity. Let's love each other for who we really are instead of who we'd like to pretend to be. So when Jesus knelt down to wash the feet of his disciples before dinner on the night he was to be betrayed, he was acting out that plea in live colour, clear and obvious. But notice Jesus uses one little word twice here, and the word is if. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. There can be no doubt that you and I know these things. So I guess what Jesus leaves with us here is a choice. Will we do them? Will we get real about the pain and the beauty, about the mess and the loveliness of human life? Will we offer ourselves in vulnerable, transparent ways to authentic relationship with each other? That's our choice. That's the choice that emerges this Holy Week when Holy Week won't let us pretend. After the meal that night, some of the disciples decided that they might as well embrace the pain and the messiness of their humanity and follow Jesus all the way to the cross. But there were others who just couldn't do it. They ran away to hide. They openly pretended to be people they weren't. They ended their own lives because being real was too difficult and scary. Friends, the beautiful and the terrible thing about Holy Week is that it won't let us pretend. But even in the rawness of Holy Week, Jesus says that we still have a choice. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus said it that way because he knew that you and I can't control the behaviour of other people. We can only control ourselves. We've all seen on our television screens the pictures of the minority of people who continue to flaunt the rules during this COVID 
pandemic. Sadly, we cannot control what the minority do, even though they put at risk themselves and, more importantly, other people. But you and I can control our behaviour. In all things, you and I have a choice. And that choice is so important. It could be a matter of life and death for us, for those around us, just as it was for the first disciples. Somebody once said, the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. Now, because we are uh, separated from one another at this time, we can't wash each other's feet. But as we go on washing our hands, we are engaging in a ritual that symbolises authenticity and genuine relationship, authentic love for ourselves and for others. We're being offered a choice. Will we take it? We have a choice about whether we'll get real, whether we'll stand with Jesus to face the darkness, whether we will own our humanity in all its flawed beauty and know that God is working even in us. That's our choice. So during the rest of this Holy Week, as we head into the darkness of the days ahead, may we have the courage to make good choices. Let me finish with a prayer. Lord of life, in this time of crisis for our families and communities, our nation and our world, we turn to you in faith to seek your guidance and to receive your blessing, knowing that nothing in all creation can separate us from your love made known to us in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We ask this in the name of him who took our infirmities and bore our diseases, who suffered the cross and rose again triumphant. For he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for joining me again today. And tomorrow is, is Thursday, the day that we would normally celebrate communion. Uh, we'll not be able to do that, but if you'd like to have a, a cup of tea and a biscuit or a, a glass of water and uh, some, a bit of fruit to nibble, whatever you'd like to bring, have it with you and we'll share in a little bit of drinking and eating uh, tomorrow as we remember the meal Jesus shared with his disciples and which he gave to the church. Till then, take care, know the blessing of God and be a blessing to others. Hi friends, welcome to Wednesday of Holy Week. I'm sorry the past couple of nights we've had some difficulty getting these services out on time uh, due to internet bandwidth problems, but hopefully uh, we'll not suffer that fate tonight. We'll see, we'll see. 
One of the things that I've enjoyed over the internet the past uh, couple of weeks have been listening to these well-known songs that have been re-recorded uh, to make very serious points about the, uh, the, the, the COVID pandemic. I enjoyed greatly listening to Matt Lucas reworking his Thank You Mr Baked Potato song and I think my favourite so far, uh, if you can have a favourite of these very serious points the songs are making, my favourite so far has to be the reworking of uh, the Do A Deer song from The Sound Of Music. I've put a couple of links uh, down below on this this post if you want to uh, have a, a, a re-listen to these songs if you've not already heard them. Tonight is, uh, today is Wednesday and uh, we are halfway through almost uh, this this holy week. So let's, uh, let's join our hearts in prayer and then we'll read God's word together. Let's pray. Most merciful God, your Son, our Saviour Jesus, was betrayed and whipped, his face spat upon. Grant us grace to endure the sufferings of this present time, confident of the glory that shall yet be revealed through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, I was sharing uh, different Bibles with you this week. Uh, the Bible that I've chosen to read from tonight is this Bible. The, it's the Youth Bible, but actually it's a New Century version. And this Bible was given to me, presented by the Presbytery of Falkirk on the occasion of my being licensed to preach the Gospel on the 9th of August 1994. And there we have the signatures. Uh, Albert Bogle, who was a moderator, Derek Gunn, who was a student convener at the time, and Duncan McClements, who was a clerk of the presbytery. Suitably inscribed Bible. It doesn't make it any more valuable, of course, with these signatures on it, but it's a memory for me. And uh, so I've based my readings from the New Century Version this evening. Let's listen for the Word of God. Firstly, from uh, the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 50, and beginning at verse... Four, and this is a passage about the servant of God. The Lord God gave me the ability to teach so that I know what to say to make the weak strong. Every morning he wakes me. He teaches me to listen like a student. The Lord God helps me to learn and I have not turned against him nor stopped following him. I offered my back to those who beat me. I offered my cheeks to those who pulled my beard. I won't hide my face from them when they make fun of me and spit at me. The Lord God helps me, so I will not be ashamed. I will be determined, and I know I will not be disgraced. He shows that I am innocent, and he is close to me, so who can accuse me? If there is someone, let us go to court together. If someone wants to prove I have done wrong, he should come and tell me. Look, it is the Lord God who helps me. So who can prove me guilty? Look, all those who try will become useless like old clothes and moths will eat them. Little Reflection based on some words from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 12. 
Do not grow weary or lose heart. Do not grow weary or lose heart. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Do not grow weary or lose heart. Let us run the race that is set before us. Do not grow weary or lose heart. Let us look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Do not grow weary or lose heart. Let us look to Jesus, who reigns in power. Do not grow weary or lose heart. If you're following the uh, daily devotions on the little sheet we put out at the start of Holy Week, uh, you'll have come to the Gospel uh, reading from John chapter 13. And we're reading that again just now. John 13, the first 17 verses. It was almost time for the Passover feast, and Jesus knew that it was time for him to leave this world and go back to the Father. He had always loved those who were his own in the world, and he loved them all the way to the end. Jesus and his followers were at the evening meal. The devil had already persuaded Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to turn against Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had given him power over everything and that he had come from God and was going back to God. So during the meal, Jesus stood up and took off his outer clothing. Taking a towel, he wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water into a bowl and began to wash the followers' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but you will understand later. Peter said, no, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I don't wash your feet, you're not one of my people. Simon Peter answered, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but wash my hands and my head too. Jesus said, after a person's had a bath, his whole body is clean. He needs only to wash his feet. And you men are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would turn against him, and that is why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and sat down again. He asked, do you understand what I've just done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and that is right, because that is what I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I did this as an example, so that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, a servant is not greater than his master. A messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The beautiful, the terrible thing about Holy Week is that it doesn't allow us to pretend. This story from John's Gospel is a story filled with moments of raw and unrelenting humanity. 
The disciples and Jesus were gathered together to share the Passover meal, just like the family they had become. And before the meal, Jesus, who knew what he was about to face and what was about to face them all, uh, got up from the table, took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. And then he poured water into a bowl and he began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel wrapped around his waist. That's what the Gospel tells us. Perhaps this story means more to us this year because of all the washing that we are doing. I've often wondered why at this time are we told just to wash our hands? Why don't we have several showers a day and wash the whole of our body? Well, of course, it is important to to have that shower, to have that bath, to wash regularly, but mainly we're to wash our hands because it's our hands that touch things and get dirty. And in this current context, perhaps they come in contact with a lingering virus and then we risk touching ourselves and getting into our body or touching something or someone else and passing it on. When people were invited to dinner in Jesus' day, they always had to walk there along dirty, dusty roads and their feet became caked with dirt. If you've ever been someplace hot and worn sandals, you'll you'll know that experience. And it was customary to be greeted at the door with a towel and a basin, some water to, to have their feet washed, to wash their cells clean before the meal. Of course, it was not usually the host of the meal who washed the guest's feet. It was usually an unnamed servant. And so you can see this situation as a shocking situation that Jesus sets up here. It's not unlike the the, the story we heard on Monday about the foot washing incident with the, the expensive perfume, the drying with the hair. It's a shocking situation. And it's not just the act of washing the disciples' feet, because you'll notice that Jesus physically takes the role of the servant. He takes off his outer clothing. He ties a towel around himself, as if to say to the disciples, friends, I'm getting very real here. I'm putting all of who I am into this act of service. I'm doing it to show you how I am asking you to live the rest of your lives. Of course, Jesus will live out in real and terrible horror the level of his commitment to put his life on the line. But here in the upper room with the disciples, before any of that other stuff happens, he does it with a towel and a bowl and it freaks everybody out. Why? Well, it's because Jesus was being real. He was being vulnerable. He got down on his knees and he served his friends in a way that put him not at the top of the pile, but at the very bottom. Not the shiniest, most perfect, but raw, genuine humanity. And some of the disciples protested. It made them very uncomfortable and Jesus knew exactly why. When Peter spoke up, Jesus answered, 
Peter, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. I think what he was saying to Peter and to the disciples and to us today is, give up your lives to serve the least among you. That's the essence of the gospel. That's the one picture Jesus wants to leave with his followers before they head off into a dark night and even darker next few days. As I was reflecting earlier on this reading from John 13, the verse that grabbed me was verse 17, where Jesus says to his disciples, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. That sounds like I have to make a choice. It sounds like a whole lot of choice to me. And you see, we're spending this whole week watching Jesus live into the raw, real humanity of the human experience. He's dragging his disciples along with him. They're kicking, they're screaming. It was like Jesus was saying to them, let's get real here for once. Let's be honest about the dirt and the pain and the failure and the frailty of our humanity. Let's love each other for who we really are instead of who we'd like to pretend to be. So when Jesus knelt down to wash the feet of his disciples before dinner on the night he was to be betrayed, he was acting out that plea in live colour, clear and obvious. But notice Jesus uses one little word twice here, and the word is if. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. There can be no doubt that you and I know these things. So I guess what Jesus leaves with us here is a choice. Will we do them? Will we get real about the pain and the beauty, about the mess and the loveliness of human life? Will we offer ourselves in vulnerable, transparent ways to authentic relationship with each other. That's our choice. That's the choice that emerges this Holy Week when Holy Week won't let us pretend. After the meal that night, some of the disciples decided that they might as well embrace the pain and the messiness of their humanity and follow Jesus all the way to the cross but there were others who just couldn't do it. They ran away to hide. They openly pretended to be people they weren't. They ended their own lives because being real was too difficult and scary. Friends, the beautiful and the terrible thing about Holy Week is that it won't let us pretend. But even in the rawness of Holy Week, Jesus says that we still have a choice if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus said it that way because he knew that you and I can't control the behaviour of other people. We can only control ourselves. We've all seen on our television screens the pictures of the minority of people who continue to flaunt the rules during this COVID pandemic. Sadly, we cannot control what the minority do, even though they put at risk themselves 
and more importantly, other people. But you and I can control our behaviour. In all things, you and I have a choice. And that choice is so important. It could be a matter of life and death for us, for those around us, just as it was for the first disciples. Somebody once said, the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. Now, because we are uh, separated from one another at this time, we can't wash each other's feet. But as we go on washing our hands, we are engaging in a ritual that symbolises authenticity and genuine relationship, authentic love for ourselves and for others. We're being offered a choice. Will we take it? We have a choice about whether we'll get real, whether we'll stand with Jesus to face the darkness, whether we will own our humanity in all its flawed beauty and know that God is working even in us. That's our choice. So during the rest of this Holy Week, as we head into the darkness of the days ahead, may we have the courage to make good choices. Let me finish with a prayer. Lord of life, in this time of crisis for our families and communities, our nation and our world, we turn to you in faith to seek your guidance and to receive your blessing, knowing that nothing in all creation can separate us from your love made known to us in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We ask this in the name of him who took our infirmities and bore our diseases, who suffered the cross and rose again triumphant, for he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit ever one God, world without end. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for joining me again today. And tomorrow is, is Thursday, the day that we would normally celebrate communion. Uh, we'll not be able to do that, but if you'd like to have a, a cup of tea and a biscuit or a, a glass of water, and uh, some, a bit of fruit to nibble, whatever you'd like to bring, have it with you and we'll share in a little bit of drinking and eating uh, tomorrow as we remember the meal Jesus shared with his disciples and which he gave to the church. Till then, take care, know the blessing of God and be a blessing to others. <laughs>